Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Again, I'm really, really excited about this series, The Goat. And a lot of people have asked me, what's this going to be like? What, what are you going to talk about? If you're a sports fan, you already know, right? GOAT stands for greatest of all times. And in football, basketball, there's always different people. They say they're the GOAT, right? They're the greatest of all time. In football, there's currently no dispute who the GOAT is. At quarterback, it's Tom Brady. And if you're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, you're like, whoa, don't even mention his name here, right? Because he knocked you out of the Super Bowl a few times. If you're a Cleveland Browns fan, we're kind of indifferent. We've never been contenders for the Super Bowl. So, you know, it's all good for us. Now, now we're contenders and we'll, we have the possibility of meeting him on his new team at the Super Bowl. But here's why he's called the GOAT. Nobody disputes it. He's not the best athlete, doesn't have the best arm but he is without a doubt the GOAT. He, he won six Super Bowls with New England. And the only other team in the NFL that has six Super Bowls is Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh has six Super Bowls, but they won them with multiple quarterbacks. Tom was the quarterback every time New England won. And the last one, the sixth one, he was 41 years old, which is unheard of. And he literally started and won the Super Bowl. But he switched teams and he went to Tampa Bay and he just won his seventh Super Bowl. It's just not even fair that he has seven Super Bowls, but he does. And he is considered the GOAT. I had the pleasure of meeting Deion Sanders many years ago now. Uh, he was at a minister's conference. He knows Jesus, loves Jesus. And a friend of mine is his mentor, a spiritual mentor. So I met him and I saw a quote that he made about Tom Brady. And I just think it's an amazing quote. It goes like this. Tom Brady is a game changer on the field, in the locker room, and in life. Tom Brady is in a class by himself. He can get another coach, this is way before he went to Tampa, and still be Tom Brady, and it's true. And I got to thinking about Christians, because I'm speaking to a lot of goats here, greatest of all time, according to Jesus. Um, and I'm thinking about you guys, and so many of you are the goat, because Jesus told us what that means spiritually. And I'm thinking about how you're a game changer. I'm thinking about how you're taking other people and elevating them to a higher position. So we have this cool series. We're going to talk about how Jesus said to become the goat. We're going to help take all of us up to another level. If you're visiting, I always like to start a lesson with a big idea. That's what I want us to understand more clearly than ever. And here's our big idea for this lesson. It goes like this. The way up is down. And we know the way up is to become the goat in God's kingdom. So the way up is down. And I want to help us understand down in this first lesson. And Jesus taught us about it. It's a really cool story. Uh, we know who James and John are in the Bible, uh, sons of Zebedee. Uh, they were two of the 12 disciples of Jesus. Now, here's what you may not know about them. They were mama's boys. They were little mama's boys. And they wanted to become the greatest in the kingdom of God. One wanted to sit on Jesus' right hand, one on his left. And in Bible days, if you sat on the right hand of the king, you were second in command. If you sat on the left hand of the king, you were third in command. They wanted to be the greatest in God's kingdom. Now think about the, how silly that is. They wanted to be greater than Moses, greater than Abraham, greater than Elijah, 
greater than all the Bible greats. And they told their mom and their mom said, absolutely, Mike, you are the greatest. Let me go talk to Jesus. So she goes to talk to Jesus. They're holding on to her apron strings. You know, They're hiding behind her. And uh, she comes up to Jesus. She says, Jesus, you know my two boys. Aren't they awesome? Jesus probably said, yeah, they're awesome, right? I have, have to do a lot of work on these guys. But she said, I would like one to sit on your right, one to sit on your left. And they're hiding behind Jesus. And this literally in the Bible, I'm reading a little between the lines, but it's in the Bible. Their mommy went. And so I could imagine Jesus saying, guys, come on, come on. Let go of those apron strings. And, and he said, that's not for me to decide. My father will decide it. But then he asked him a question. Are you able to drink from my cup? That's a big question. That's the suffering that Jesus went through. And they said, absolutely, Jesus, we can drink from your cup. No problem whatsoever. And he said, well, you are going to take a sip. And it's interesting, James, he ended up being beheaded as a Christian. And that's in the book of Acts. You can read it. John had it even worse. He was sent to the island of Patmos. That was a prison island where you had to do hard labor from sun up to sundown in mining minerals there on Patmos. That's where God gave him the book of Revelation. But he had years and years of hard labor. So they did sip from the cup, but the word got back to the other 10 disciples of Jesus and they were upset. Now I grew up with six brothers. And if we thought one of our brothers was kissing up to mom and dad, there would be fights. We would break furniture in the living room and mom and dad would have to come and break it up because we thought one was trying to get more than the other. And that actually happened. They were ready to go at it, and Jesus intervened. And I want to just read what happened when he intervened. It's right here in the book of Matthew, and it's chapter 20, verse 25. Jesus called them together, guys, guys, no fighting, all right, and said, you know the rules, or the rulers of the Gentiles, the non-Jews, lorded over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. So they're occupied by the Roman uh, government, Roman army, they were conquered, and they're watching how the Romans do it, and they oppressed every people that they, they, they uh, uh, conquered. They oppressed anybody that was under them. The rulers always had the most, and Jesus said, you know how it works in the world we live in, and can we all agree it still works that way in our world? But here's where he goes from there, verse 26. Not so with you, the Christians. Instead, whoever wants to become great, there's the goat. The greatest, you want to become great in God's kingdom? Whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. Then he went on and said this, and whoever wants to be first, that's being great. You're, you're right there at his right hand, right? Must be your slave. And he actually used the word for slave here. And this is mind-blowing. Jesus blew their minds. And I remember the first time I read this as a Christian, it shocked me, and I thought, become a servant? To put other people's needs before mine? And Jesus said, that's the way to greatness. He said, the way up is down. And again, believers is full of servants and full of people that are laying their life down. And it's amazing. They're doing it inside the four walls. They're doing it outside the four walls. And it's absolutely amazing. I just want to help take us all to the next level. But listen to what Jesus said in finishing this story, verse 28, just as the Son of Man, Jesus, did not come to be served, but to serve. Now, he's not talking here about going to the cross. He's talking at the latter part and to give his life as a ransom for many. But Jesus said, guys, I came here to serve 
and I wanna teach you that you become the goat, the greatest, by laying your life down to help other people. This isn't easy to do. It, it, it takes time to grow in this. I, when I began to do it decades ago, I did it with the wrong attitude. I just did it because I thought I had to, but my attitude, my heart wasn't right. And I'm gonna show you what God did to grow me in this area. Here at Believers, we have 11 core values. You can find them on our website, believers.cc. Here's one of our 11 core values. We're a saved people who serve people. And I believe that should be when we're at school, when we're at work, in our neighborhoods, our nuclear family, uh, our ex ex extended family. Wherever we go, God's called us to lay our lives down for the world, for, for, for the work of God, for people. And Jesus said, this is how you become the goat. So as, as I said earlier, I was raised Catholic. And Catholics are, when Catholics accept Jesus, they're amazing because they're, they're just trained to serve, right? Now, we did it out of guilt. Like, if you don't do it, you, can, you won't go to heaven, right? But, but we did it. And so when I came into the kingdom, I just jumped right in. But, but my attitude wasn't there. My heart wasn't there. You can only do it so long out of, out of fear, right? It just works so long. And so there's two things I had to learn, and God had to open my eyes up to, and I want to just share those things with you because I'm still having my eyes open to them, but I want all of us to see it, and many of you know it, but just take us to the next level because the way up is down. So here's the first thing I had to understand. Goats know who they are. And when you know who you are, you don't do anything for God's approval because you know who you are. He already approves of you. He loves you. He died for you, right? And so when we come to know who we are, it's so much easier to lay our lives down with a good attitude for other people. So um, Jesus is about to do something really revolutionary. He's going to wash the disciples' feet. And just so you can understand how big a deal this is, in Bible days, you know, they had their sandals. They walked in the arid dusty climate. So when they came into someone's house, they had their feet washed. Only servants would wash your feet. And if someone came into your house and you didn't have a servant, here's what you'd do. There's the bucket, wash your feet. Because it was humiliating. It was lowering yourself. You would never do that. And so Jesus is taking that event, and he's going to teach us a lesson. But what I think is amazing is how it starts out. God did not put this in the Bible by mistake. Here's how it starts. John 13, verse 3. It says, Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from God and would return to God. Then we'll read it in a moment. And then he began to wash their feet. He took the position of a servant. The way up is down. But the Bible was really clear to let us know Jesus knew who he was. And here's what I came to learn over time. It took me a while. When you and I know who we are in Christ, we're not worried about anybody taking advantage over us because they can't. Oh, they may get a blow in there, but they can't. God said, if I open a door, nobody can close it. Nobody can stop you and I from going where we need to go. He said, if I shut a door, nobody can open it. He said, if I be for you, who can be against you? And so when I came to understand who I was in God, I realized no person can hurt me. Someone might try to take advantage of me, but God's always gonna have our backs, guys. And it just released me to begin to serve at a higher level. 
and not to worry about anything else. Uh, all of us have been in a church where the pastor failed. I, most of us have. I was in a couple churches where the pastor failed. And you know what? I just looked at it like, hey, he loved God. He's a man. He made a mistake. But I'm doing this for Jesus. I'm not doing it for the man. I'm not doing it for him. And I'm going to keep serving God. And I've always just kept serving God because I realized, hey, I know who I am. And it doesn't matter what anyone else does. Nobody can take anything from us. And Jesus wants us to come to that revelation. So he knew who he was. He knew where he was going. And then listen to what happens next, verse 4. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. Now, I want to encourage you to read this. Read from verse 6 all the way to 12 this week for your devotional because that's where Peter just got upset with Jesus. He said, Jesus, you can't wash our feet. That's the job of a servant. We can wash our own, but you, you cannot bow down. You're Jesus. You're the Son of God. You can't do that. And there's this big discord. It's, it's kind of fun. But Jesus went on, and he washed their feet. And then when he was finished, here's what he said. After washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right because that's what I am. So in other words, he's saying, I am Jesus. I'm the son of God. And you think I shouldn't be bowing down and being a servant. No, I know who I am, but that's why I'm able to bow down and do what I'm doing. And then he finishes out with verse 14, and he says this, and since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done. And so some churches literally wash feet, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, it's, it, it's good to feel how humbling that is. And I remember washing feet a couple times on the missions field. Um, we don't do that here at Believers, but if you ever want to do it in your connect groups, feel free. Just give people a warning so they can clip their toenails and make sure their socks don't have holes in them, you know, that type of thing, right? Wash their feet, whatever, before you wash their feet. But it's not about actually washing feet. It's about the culture of the day and how that's what a servant does. And Jesus says, I'm at the highest level a human being can be at. I'm the Savior. I'm the Son of God. And if I bowed down and humbled myself and served you, I want you to serve one another because it's not about our status. And nobody can hurt your status. Nobody can take anything away from you. God's on your side. It's about us knowing who we are and bowing down and serving other people. That freed me. It really freed me. But I had one other issue. <laughs> and you guys hear me talk about this a lot. And, and I, forgive me if I talk about some of these things. I can't tell your story. I have to tell mine, right? So I, um, I struggle looking past people's mess, they're, they're, what's out of whack in their life. I, I just, I don't anymore, but I did for a long time. So I, I would get all lost on where they were at and I, I wasn't able to help them get to where they needed to be. And so I'm just seeing, I don't know if I can trust them. I don't know if I did this for them. I'm not sure what they do with it and so on and so forth. And, and God had to help me see 
what I didn't see. And this happened decades ago, but, but here's the thought. It goes like this. Goats see the value in others. And God had to teach me to look past people's mess and see their treasure and see their gifts. And I wasn't able to do that for a long, long time. But here's a scripture that talks about it. Philippians 2.3, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Don't do things just to be seen. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. And I'm like struggling, like, well, Lord, they have this problem, that problem. They're not perfected here or there. They do this, they do that. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. We humble ourselves to do this. Not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. He's talking about being a servant again. But he's talking about seeing value inside somebody else. So I remember reading this, and I began to try my best to do it. We're talking decades ago, but I'm still struggling because I'm seeing people's mess. It's kind of stopping me from going 100%, from laying my life down for certain people. And then one day something happened. It was amazing. We had a school here uh, years ago called Word of Life Christian Academy, WOLCA. And there was a year, I was the president, so I did nothing but legally just the president of the nonprofit. But we, we had in our lower grades a couple kids that were so bad, we, we felt we needed to expel them. So the principal comes to talk to me. And we know this is gonna impact their life, their parents' life. And he says, we, we, they're just disrupting. Uh, they're out of control. What should we do? He goes, I don't wanna expel them, but what should we do? So I said, let's, we, we literally took a, a, a few days and prayed. And, and then we both decided, you know what? Let's give them one more chance. Let's give these guys one more chance. Just little guys, elementary school. So it ended up the class they were going into, that teacher quit. Maybe she knew they were coming, I don't know. But we had to hire a new teacher. <laughs> and uh, we didn't tell her before we hired her, we told her after we hired her about these guys, you know. And she was like, no problem, not at all. And I was just like shocked at her great attitude. And uh, so they go into her class as ornery as they were coming out of their, their other grade. And within two weeks, she turned them into model citizens. And I thought, how did she do that? And then she had our kids. And our kids were not troubled kids, but she pulled things out of our children that I never saw anyone else pull out of them. I was amazed at her gift, but I didn't know how she was doing it. So I monitored her class without her knowing why. And I just watched her. And I watched these kids act up and she would have, she was a disciplinarian in the right way. Uh, she didn't fool around. She, she had a backbone, but she'd deal with what she had to deal with. And then here's what she did. She would just kind of look at them and begin to see the treasure inside of them. And she'd begin to speak over them, their treasure, and just pull it out of them. And I watched from the back of the room thinking, wow, I should treat my kids this way. And, uh, you know, because I'm just a disciplinarian, man. You know, I'm like, that's what my dad did. That's how I learned. And uh, I thought, wow, it's almost like magic. And so I'm watching, and I, I watched a few times, and then God took this scripture, and he took what I was watching, and he just began to deal with me. He said, Joe, you have to look past their mess and see their treasure. 
And that's what Jesus did. He died for the whole world. He died for a lot of us that didn't deserve to be saved, right? But he died for us and he gave us life for us. And God just began to deal with me. You're not doing this because people are perfect. You're doing it so that you can pull the treasures that are out of them. And so I just began to learn how to speak life. I began to do it with my kids and I began to do it with anybody I interacted with. And it changed my attitude. So now all of a sudden I'm laying my life down, whether it's preparing a message or I serve in the community or you know just serving in other ways amongst the body of Christ and just having the attitude, well, I know who I am, so I'm not worried about anybody taking advantage of me. God's always gonna have my back, right? And these people have incredible treasures and our goal is to pull the treasure out of them, to put them, think about it. Jesus said, value them higher then you value yourself. That changed my life. And I know right now, the clicks are going off in all of our heads saying, wow, I'm gonna begin to look at people in that way. That person that just always makes you wanna scream, right? And, And sometimes we have to deal with people. Sometimes we have to confront. Sometimes we have to say what has to be said. But just to think about speaking life and pulling life out of them. And it's amazing what we can do. And I wanna ask you a question. Borman, TCI? online, and in Warren. Are you excited that that's what God does for us and that's how God treats us? Can we say thank you, God, by just giving it up? Because that's how he treats every one of us, man. And I want you to walk out of here seeing how God looks at you, but then bringing us to a place to where we realize, well, I know who I am. If I accepted Jesus, man, I'm a child of God. And if he's for me, who can be against me, right? This world can't keep you down. They may try, but they can't. You're a child of God. And God wants us to begin to see the value in people and just pull people up from where they're at and let God use them for what he created them for. So the way up is down. We have a couple cool lessons coming up after this one, but right now I wanna pray. Let's close our eyes, let's bow our heads, let's pray. Father, I did my best to teach this incredible part of the Bible but I know you've been working on all of our hearts as you even work on mine as I go over these messages, Lord. And Lord, here's our heart's cry. Help us see who we are more clearly and help us see the treasure and the value of other people. Help us look by or past the exteriors and look into the hearts. And Father, just begin to lay our lives down like we've never laid them down before. Lord, thank you for showing us in the Bible how to be the goat in your kingdom. I thank you for all the goats that are listening. We have so many goats here at Believers, in Boardman, in Warren, online, TCI. Thank you for the goats. God, grow us and take us all up to the next level. And Lord, let us use these principles everywhere we go especially seeing the treasure inside other people's father. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Here's what I know. The Holy Spirit's going to be speaking to to many hearts. So let's stay in an attitude of prayer. And while you're doing that, maybe you're here, you're listening, but you're not sure of your eternity. And it's amazing what happens. Some people here come here not being sure if God exists. Some come here uh, not believing God exists. Others come here believing in God. They grew up in religion and they they believe in God, but they don't know Jesus. And here's what I'm asking. Most important question 
in the whole universe is what have you done with Jesus? Can you remember a day when you prayed and accepted him as your savior and made a decision to walk with him? With heads bowed, eyes closed, if you're listening, you're saying, I can't remember that day. Here's what Jesus said. Jesus said, I died for you so you can live. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. That's how you go to the Father. He said, whoever calls on me, I will save that person. And if you're listening, you say, I'm ready right now. Would you pray with me? Online, Borman, TCI, right here in Warren. And the rest of us, can we help them pray? Those of us that have accepted Jesus, let's help them pray. This is a huge moment in their life. So let's help it be even more special. And if you're praying this for the first time, say this from your heart. Say, Lord God, I realize I was born a sinner and I'm sin stained and need a savior. I repent of my sins and I look to Jesus. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. You died for the sins of the entire world. God raised you up out of the grave. I accept you as my savior and I make a decision to follow you. Amen. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast.